I'm Maria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. It's Monday. The W had a full slate of action this past week and weekend, and I'm joined by Windsider writer Chelsea Late this episode. So let's dive in and discuss all the happening. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com and the most fun way to enjoy the w well that's obviously the windsider watch parties on playback use the link playback.tv forward slash windsider that's playback.tv forward slash windsider it's free it's a lot of fun. We do giveaways. Well, welcome back to the Windsider Show. I'm excited. Uh, I've been traveling for the past little bit, so excited to kind of get back in the swing of things. Uh, feel like I know what time of the day or day of the week it is. Um, has just been a nice, a nice change of things. But I'm excited because this episode, uh, my buddy, my pal, Chelsea, all dressed late. That's right. That That's what I've decided your nickname is going to be. Um, okay. Rachel's a little busy <laughs> doing some stuff, you know, growing the youth movement of women's basketball in Chicago. Uh, so I'm joined by the one and only all dressed. Um, how you doing? I'm good. How's Canada these days? Canada's good. Rainy. Always rainy. Eh, I mean, reducing the wildfires, I'd hope. So that's yeah, true. Good point. I can breathe my air outside. That's cool. Um, so like I said, I was traveling the last two weeks and I feel, and we were talking about this before the episode. I feel like, you know, I rewatched the games on two times speed with my son the next morning um, or like two hours after the games finished. Cause that's how the time difference worked. But I feel like you kind of miss out on the je ne sais quoi, the, the oomph. Um, you, you lose the vibe basically around the game because at least in my sense, like the first thing when I wake up uh, in the morning is I check social media, which probably is not healthy. Um, but I check Twitter just to like, if there was a late West Coast game, like that's my typical routine. I wake up, I check Twitter. What did I miss from the games? I check some box scores from the night before. Um, and it kind of like takes away from the game when you already know what happened before it happened. So I just felt kind of out of sync. So, you know, like what what did you like? Arya emerges from under a rock. Um, patchy lack of facial hair. The hair is the same. A little bit more frizzy. Um, and I say, all dressed. Uh, please help me. What did I miss? What like what ha- what like what sticks out in your mind? Well, first of all, there's like a lot of games, mm-hmm. and I feel like the game the days where like the W has like five or six games. I'm like, how do you expect us to like catch up on all of them? Or even watch all of them. But I will. Yeah, next morning and all that stuff. And two times speed, which I am definitely a fan of as well. But I think the main thing that I took away from this weekend is just like how close some of these games are. And like with the matchups that you would not expect them to be that close. Uh, Like the Indiana-Washington game on Friday was like a eight-point game. Um, Mm -hmm. That New York Liberty Seattle Storm game was only a four point game, which I mean, when you think when you see them on the standings, like you would not say like, oh, that's going to be a four point game. Um, And I think it just like 
goes to show that especially this season I've noticed with the W more than any other season is that the standings are not indicative at all of like the talent of these teams and how they're playing and like Seattle for example their score I think their standing is not exactly like proof of like what this team is capable of unfortunately they've kind of had the bad end of a lot of these games but I just yeah it's just shocking to me that some of these games are so close like the Indiana Dallas game was a one-point game um I mean the Aces games are always blowouts, so that's not we're not <laughs> including them in this conversation but I think that was my biggest takeaway this weekend is like there's so much parody in this league right now it's interesting um that's definitely something I know, like you're looking at these games and it's, I mean, like you said, the aces, let's stop talking about that. No, like they, they've been playing ridiculous. And with Kelsey Plum finding her shot over the past couple of weeks, or at this point, it's probably been like a month. Um, it's kind of just not there. Um, mm-hmm. We've entered that stage, but we'll see. You know, I think I was going to get into this later, but I think there's one dark horse team <clears throat> that a lot of things have to go the right way. Um, and I don't think they're there yet personally, and I don't think they'll get there this season, but I do think that there's one team um, that just, look, a lot of times in in sports you talk about, right, like the top team and the contender or whatever, but sometimes there's a team that isn't necessarily on that same tier that just the makeup of the team, the style of the players, the size of the players or whatever are the – kryptonite i was gonna ask you what superman's weakness was for a moment there the kryptonite for certain teams and i feel like and we'll maybe we'll touch on this a little more i won't bury the lead there's one team in the league uh that maybe has that for las vegas um so i think that will be an interesting thing but i think there's one thing we have to talk about uh that hit close to home for you Mm -hmm. hit close to my original home because it was it's a close city i guess whatever james wade leaves the w um leaves the chicago sky yeah. i think i think that happened while i was out of the country because i remember it it i i don't honestly it was it's been a on canada day that's all i remember were you When's away canada on july day? july 1st oh is that like canadian july 4th yeah oh cool i like that you guys just call canada day. i was uh, i was away then okay so it did happen then um, great timing for it that I did not know it was on Canada. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. So James Wade, I mean, look, the man already has staked his claim over the whole country. Yeah. Um, no, like I'll put it this way. I don't think a lot of people I saw on social media, just my two cents on it. Yeah. Putting it as like a stepping stone thing. And like, if this was a stepping stone thing, I agree. I would hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't see that from James because I've firsthand seen him put a commitment into women's basketball for, more years than I feel comfortable saying right now, only in the sense of, no, cause like, I feel like it's like 20 years or so, but like, maybe it's 18, maybe it's only 15, but like mm-hmm. so many years starting as a practice squad player, um, you know, being a, like a low level coach, working the way up the pipeline to a head coach, winning a championship. And not that like, look, I'll, I think I tweeted this out. I don't think that there's ever the right time to leave a team mid season. Like, fine not right cool i also think that and i think all these things are true that as a coach coaches always tell tell me you have to kind of be like a surfer you have to know how to ride the wave because at any point it could break now james wade had an extension right does that mean he couldn't get fired no like that we just know right in sports that's just how it works right um and and i think like end of the day Coaches have to do what's best for themselves in the same way players do. Um, 
and he saw an opportunity, went to take it. Honestly, I'm more shocked that he left the W. I expected kind of after this season to leave Chicago. That was kind of my little keeping in the back of my pocket thing where I just I've known so many issues with the organization of Chicago for so long. And James has been getting promises from my understanding um, has been getting promises for those things to start changing. And I think Chicago's taking steps in the right direction, adding on more people into the ownership team. Um, that means more money influx. That's a good thing. They can expand their front office. They can expand their PR. They don't have as much space in that at like, they're the smallest front office and PR and things like that in the league. So to see them get more money flow, I think can grow that. And there's serious issues. So I was shocked to see him go to the NBA, not shocked to see him leave Chicago is kind of my thing. Um, take off your Canada basketball hat for a moment and just okay. like for, pretend the NBA doesn't exist. Okay. Thoughts on this move? Um, it definitely, you're right. There's no good way to leave the W mid season. And I think, or any league mid season. Um, and I also think he's in a strange position position where like, he's the last W coach that has like the head coaching general manager thing. Um, which I don't think should exist at all, but it's just like someone who has that much power over a team and a franchise, it's going to, no matter if he leaves now or if he leaves at the end of the season, it's going to like cause kind of this whole crater and like shift and not just the league, but their team as well. And so, I mean, in one way, I understand why people are upset about it. And I understand why people, especially close to like Chicago are upset about it because you have someone who's like, yeah, I'm committed to this team. We're going to make a run. You know, I'm made all these moves to the roster to like improve it, especially after we lost all these free agents and all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, like I also try and empathize with like his personal path and like having to um, do what's best for yourself. And I do think that, you know, I don't obviously know the specifics and, Personally, I know that the Toronto Raptors don't share their like coaching um, contracts or salaries or whatever, but I don't know. Maybe it was a better opportunity. Maybe he, like you said, felt like he was going to be leaving Chicago anyway. And if this opportunity was going to come up, you know, you can't say no to it because they're not going to offer it to him again in October. So, yeah, you know, and it just, it, I think if anything, it speaks to the fact that like if the WNBA and the NBA want to be like, more in sync with each other. The fact that they have opposite seasons is kind of hindering a lot of that as opposed to excelling it. But there are also a lot of positives to them having opposite hearing schedules. You, so. Hearing you talk about it, I don't know why I just, I hadn't thought about this before. And maybe this is me like, cause I like, I'll be blunt. I mean, maybe sorry, James, if you're going to get mad at me for publicizing, like I've had conversations with him where, He's expressed to me like, I know I saw some quotes about lifelong dream of coaching in the NBA. From my understanding, that wasn't like his path dream. Like he was mm -hmm. like, at least from conversations I've had, maybe I was bamboozled. Maybe, you know, his thoughts or his feelings changed. I feel like I've had straight up conversations where it was clearly expressed to me that that was not what the path that his goal was. And maybe I'm maybe things have changed since we had that conversation. Um and like, hey, it's someone's personal life. Do you know what I mean? Like, no yeah. minus anything. I will say, though, that I think a dangerous precedent has been set in the W yeah. where giving Becky such a huge 
payout as her first head coaching position mm. where her background for like to be real was being an assistant coach in the NBA. So mm. I understand there's nuance and there's a lot more to it, but I don't think it's a, a completely unfair statement to be said if I were to say that the, that move kind of implies that if you are an assistant in the NBA and you come to the W, you are going to be making more money than a random WNBA coach who made it up the ranks and became a head coach. Mm. And I think that's a dangerous precedent. I don't think that's a positive message for coaches in the W, but it, I can't help but think of, okay, is he thinking in his head, I want to get out of Chicago or something for whatever reason, this is a good opportunity make more money than I'm making in Chicago. And if I ever get an opportunity back in the W working in the NBA, now I'm going to be making a lot more money. Um, mm -hmm. And then the last thing I'll say about it is just like, if I'm a Chicago sky fan, I'm pissed as hell because like, no, like he's one of, yeah. if not the best coach in the league. Yeah. Like true. you can make an argument to say that you can yeah. like, we can argue about horrible off season moves, but like he's, one of the best coaches in the league. And it's mm -hmm. going to be hard for Chicago to find someone to be on that same level uh, right away to take over as we've seen from a variety of teams that have done coaching changes. Yeah. Um, and like one last thing is too, I also think like the game in May could have changed things for him. Like I was there personally to like see him and like saw him talking to, you know, all of the different media people and being in that space. And like, I don't know. He just like really liked it. Like I can't even deny that. Like he was like, this is a great city, a great atmosphere. This building is great. Like he just kept praising it. And I would not be surprised. And this is just purely speculation. Um, if that weekend changed speculate things. Away. Speculate away. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that weekend changed things for him. And the entire Raptors front office was at that W game. So, I mean, I'm just, again, speculating that that was like the weekend that kind of set this whole thing into motion, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went there and then when they approached him after was like, okay, like now I see this for myself and maybe didn't see it before. Respect. Um, other big news that happened while I was gone. Why not? Uh, yeah. Since I was gone. Uh, <laughs> the Mystics, an interesting one here. I mean, the Mystics have Lena Deldon injured, Natasha Cloud injured, Shakira Austin hurt, okay. um, and they make a trade. They yeah. move Amanda Zowie B for Queen Agbo. And like, I kept reading the reports of it coming out. Um, and I, like the whole time I just kept thinking, is somebody missing something? Mm -hmm. Like, I guess coach big T not coach T anymore. Big T GMT, GMT still got it. I mean, like he just fleeced Lynn Dunn. And I don't know if they're like in my mind. And this is like the mind of somebody who, and I'm not saying this in a braggadocious way as someone who like sees some of the things behinding or happening behind the doors mm -hmm. and, and learning about things in the league. When I see a trade that in my mind is so one-sided, right. And it's not, and it, and this isn't a knock to Amanda Zowie B. She's making a nice size contract and moving her saves the mystics a lot of money and say, and gives them the opportunity to have more depth on this team than they would have had normally. Um, and to get, a lot more upside in Queen Egbo than they have in Amanda Zowie B. We know what Amanda Zowie B is. She wasn't giving this team anything that's moving the needle. Why not get someone else who's a big paint presence and see what happens? They needed to shake things up. And so, like, to me, it was just a straight up fleece. Like, I, unless, and, and like I was saying, like, unless there was something else that happened behind closed doors with Indiana 
that caused them to have to get rid of Queen. I don't understand why you do it. Um, did you have it? What was your thoughts when you learned about this trade? I was really surprised because I thought, you know, Indiana was kind of doing good with her and like she was, you know, contributing. And I understand her role is a little bit different this year, given that like Aaliyah Boston is there now and, you know, they're kind of going down that path as they should. Um, but I think maybe in Indiana's mind, and the only thing I can think of to justify this is that like their main, um, I guess, like uh, constructive criticism part is like they don't have as much experience to be able to like know how to close out games properly to, you know, be able to have that like difference when it comes down to crunch time. And maybe that was the move that they make to get someone who has more experience on their bench or on their team to be helping out their younger players. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, but you're right. Queen Egbo to the mystics is great for both queen Egbo and the mystics. Um, and I just, I was shocked that Indiana was one willing to get rid of someone that they definitely, you know, obviously valued, especially last year, but this year too, as like a great backup presence. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see how she plays on like a team like the Mystics and how. And I'm curious. I'm very curious now if like this is the end for Indiana in terms of this whole transaction or if this was just like a small bit in like a bigger thing. That I would don't be know. interesting. That would be interesting. I don't know what it would be. Um, I like where your head's at, though, because yeah. often like a small domino implies a bigger one. But sometimes it means nothing. Yeah. Um, you never know until shoe hits the ground no I, I i think i appreciate your thoughts on that i think for me amanda zowie b um is kind of similar to adding uh now i can like see her face oh shoot i'm blanking on her name right now um Jantel lavender oh, um yes. so it, a similar signing to Jantel lavender a few years back for indiana the only difference is like lav lavender was like a role player on teams that had had some success. Amanda's I would be just in my, not to be rude, just hasn't had professional success in the W um, in terms of being that level. You know what I mean? Yes, she is a vet. She can probably give something to this team, but I completely agree. That's something the fever need. I just personally don't see it coming from AZB. Um, let's move on to the next team. Cause we've kind of just dragged on those yeah. two topics but the new york liberty six and one of recent with a really bad loss to the aces who cares i mean the ace we know it's going to happen i yeah. think the bigger thing was they kind of exposed another serious issue of the guard defense that new york has um but they look they beat the sun that was an important win uh they beat the dream when they had lost to the dream recently the mystics the mercury and the storm so like at least they're beating the other top teams right yeah. Um, and they almost lost to the Mercury. That was a little bit scary and concerning for me. Uh, thoughts on the New York Liberty? Yeah, I mean, again, the difference between like teams who are in the middle and teams who are at the top are those teams who are going to win close games. And I think the Liberty have done that a lot this season. And honestly, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm biased because she's my one of my favorites. But I think Brianna Stewart is like the factor in that, like so clutch and has just been doing everything that she needs to for this team. And in that win against the storm, she put up like 42 points or something, <laughs> which is nuts. But yeah, I just think that they're doing what they need to do to stay in that top level. And obviously we're not counting the aces game. Cause again, it's like, it's the same as the rookie of the year conversation. Like if Aaliyah Boston didn't exist, if the aces didn't exist, like, you know, you'd be talking about this in like a different way, but 
I just think that they they're clutch and that's what they need to be in this league. Like we were talking about before, there's so much parody. There's so many more closer games than we expected there to be. And the Liberty are showing that they are that super team quote unquote, because they're able to close up these games and like, you know, have the experience to do that where a lot of the teams are playing just don't. I'm going to shock you here and play a little devil's advocate. No, like I agree. <laughs> I think, no, cause I think I agree with you in the sense of like, look, you can view it's two sides to the coin, right? You can view it doesn't matter like a score, right? A record, a score, whatever, but mm-hmm. it's how we perceive it. We could mm-hmm. look at it and say, This is great that Stewie is closing out these games when it's important, when it's needed. Mm-hmm. On the other side, we can look at it and go, Okay, JJ hasn't been stepping up. Other players haven't necessarily provided, and Stewie's had to provide that. I mean, Sabrina's had some really big games when some mm-hmm. other players have struggled, but like for the most part, it's been Stewie just like carrying this team. And yeah. I think it's fair to have some concern about that. Um, that said, like you were saying, they're finding ways to win. The best teams, the good teams, the championship teams find ways to win. Unless they're the Las Vegas Aces and they just run over everyone. But even Las Vegas Aces, like we saw a quote recently or whatever. It's important for them to win all types of games uh, so that they can truly grow um, to that next level. So uh, another team, we're not going to talk about the Aces because they're running over everyone except that loss to Dallas. Dallas is the interesting team that I kind of teased at earlier. Um, in my opinion, the dark horse to beat the Aces just in terms of the makeup of their roster. Having that powerful paint presence and size like they have and speed and athleticism, honestly, like it's definitely disappointing. Um, before anyone says anything, they're 500 basically. Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. Yeah. No question about that. I'm talking about a 500 team taking on a team that has two losses this season. Like, well aware, okay? All of that said, if Arike can get her ish together, and, like, here's my thing. I was talking, like, call me crazy, whatever. Like, I'm getting to the point with the Dallas Wings where I start to question, like, when do you start to make moves and cash out on Enrique and not cash out in a bad way. But at a certain point you have to decide, like if the team is not progressing towards the championship aspirations that you have, you have to make some sort of adjustment. And in my mind, Enrique's short poor, that poor shot selection has been hampering this team. Mm-hmm. And she's also probably the player on this team that you can get the biggest return for. And I think that's kind of how you have to think if you're a GM. So I'm not saying and I know people will freak out, oh, Ari is calling for that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, obviously, that's something you have to entertain as a GM. At what point do you start getting that thought a little bit more seriously? Because in my mind, that's the player you can get the most return for. And I think also, obviously, the one thing you can't replace, it doesn't matter who you get. Like, Arike has it better than DT right now, better than anyone else in this league, is like, crunch time's coming down, five, four, three, two, put the ball in Arike's hand and it's going in. Um Thoughts on the wings. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And I do think they've been in like a rut the past couple of years. And people thought that, you know, maybe they'd make some moves this off season. But I agree. I agree in both of what you're saying, that they're kind of a dark horse. But they also like, as good as they can get sometimes, they also lack consistency. And so I think that's why they're like a 500 team. And unfortunately, injuries haven't helped. Like, I'd love to see this team with Diamond to Shields fully healthy and doing all of that but it's just unfortunate that they haven't been able to put it together the past couple of years in what a lot of people will say is like Arike's prime like you have to think about what 
you're going to do with this like all-star superstar player, you know, are you going to build around her? Are you going to like actually go and see what you can get for her? So very interested to see what they do after this season. Cause I don't think that their um, performance is matching the expectation that has been put on them the past couple of years. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. It will, it, and honestly, like, Part of it is because I've been so blown away by Satu this season, uh, seeing that growth to that superstar potential. I know she's kind of tapered out of recently, mm-hmm. but like you have this three-headed beast of Arike, uh, Natasha Howard, and Satu, and these great, you know, supporting cast players. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even a knock against them. If someone's going to try and read into that, like I want to see Arike, and I think people in Dallas would agree. I want to see Arike be smarter about her shots. I know she's mm-hmm. going to have to take some questionable shots but just cut out maybe five of those bad shots a game and you're changing the trajectory of this team maybe that's a little bit crazy um minnesota Lynx they go on a five game win streak and then get run over by the aces (laughs) for me like i look at this team look they beat some bad teams um teams bottom of the pack in this league like i'm sorry like we'll get to this in a moment but like there's some teams on five plus losing streaks in this league I'm going to call them a bad team because they're the like you look at the league. If you're ranked ninth or lower, you're it's and you're not like half a game behind. Like, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Come on. Let's be real. Um, So the Lynx kind of have floated above that. Those bottom out of contention teams or not out of contention, out of playoff contention teams currently. Um, And you got to be shocked considering how bad they started. Um, Great growth from them in a variety of different ways. And Fisa Kali are playing MVP levels, but obviously you're not getting MVP vote if your team's uh, seventh or eighth seeded. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Dream, they've been on a five game win streak after a bounce back, back to back. They played New York, then bounced back and beat them. Um, and sorry, sorry, back to back losses against New York. And then they beat DC and DC, then they bounced back to beat DC. And then mm-hmm. the Sparks and the Sky each twice. So that's how they're on the five-game lose, uh, win streak right now. Um, have shown a lot of promise, a lot of intrigue. I mean, Ryan Howard just freaking going off, uh, showing the world, hey, why didn't you vote for me uh, yeah, for All-Star? What, a 40-piece game and then a 32-piece game and then another 30 game? Just ridiculous. I mean, Ryan Howard's a freaking beast. Um, the combo on that team. Uh, any thoughts on the Links of the Dream before we move on to the Bottom Dwellers? Yeah, uh, the Lynx have shocked me. I was definitely one of those people who were like, oh, yeah, they're not going to get out of that like 10, 11, 12 spot for the whole season. But again, Nafisa Collier um, is playing just wild, which I love because I love her. But glad she got the all-star nod. But and the dream as well. But I just again, there's such like a gap between the one, two, three and then like the rest of it that it's some hard times hard, but you really have to think that these teams are in like a little battle with themselves for seeding. Cause again, you don't want to be a seven or eight seed going into the playoffs. So I think the real battle is for like four five, six. And I mean, the links are in view right now and it kind of depends on their schedule. They, you know, who, and I mean, at any point they could just, go back to what they were doing at the beginning but and (laughs) but I do think my one thing I'll say about this whole thing is again yeah Ryan Howard is nuts and anybody who doubted that that was a good first pick last year I don't know that was a weird conversation but I my biggest thing is like Dorka Juhas was the steal of the draft that's like my like season long mission statement is that I'm so happy that they got her I'm so happy she ended up on a team that like really needed 
her um and just like have been so high on her for many years like even before she was in the w so i'm just happy she's thriving that's that can't disagree with you yeah um spark storm mercury and fever just on the struggle bus right now i mean these teams are what let's see we got um sparks five game losing streak storm five game losing streak fever seven game losing streak phoenix mercury uh just got a dub so not on a losing streak anymore but before that uh they were on a three game losing streak um and have i mean what they got three wins this season so Four, you can do the four math wins. Years. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> four wins this season. No, I mean, completely fair. Um, kind of the thing that I wanted to touch on in this case is like, we're looking at the Storm and the Mercury at four and 14, the Fever at five and 14. Mm-hmm. I just have to say it because sorry if people are going to be offended. Like the Fever have gotten so much publicity. I understand they have the number one pick in the draft and Leah Boston has been playing great. I've already talked about like, I disagree with her being a starter statistically i just don't think it's there i think she's an all-star i don't think she's a starter but like we're literally talking about a team that is tied for the worst record in the league essentially right they played one more game in the storm and the mercury essentially we're talking about a team that is tied for worst in the league like yeah we need to stop talking about like i understand they're they're putting up bad like right like don't get me wrong they're contending in some of these games most mm-hmm. of these games um and they're honestly thing that stuck out for me that I was with the amount of attention that's been going on about how like they need to feed Aaliyah Boston more in that last game um, watching Aaliyah Boston get the ball at the top of the key around the free throw line with the ball you know times about to expire you're down one and pass it out yes it was an open look for Lexi Hall in the corner but I don't understand why she's passing out for a lower percentage shot from a lower percentage shooter mm-hmm. from someone who wasn't the number one pick for somebody who isn't putting up the numbers that Aaliyah Boston's putting up like Aaliyah Boston. I don't know if you're being too nice, but that's the time to be selfish and take that shot. Yeah. Um, that was really, maybe that's just so fresh in my mind, but like for me, it's just, yes, the fever are going to contend, but they're still, they haven't gotten out of that. The, the depths um, as it were um, any thoughts on those, Yeah, I think the Fever's issue is really just lack of experience. And I think with Aaliyah Boston, the more experience she gets, the more selfish she gets. I think she needs to get a little bit more selfish. The more she'll know is that like she has to take that shot. And you say that Mm -hmm. and we were watching and this is like um, from like May, but we were we were on playback one time watch Winsider playback um and yeah and um we were watching it was the same situation it was like end of the game fever were close I think it was against Atlanta they had the chance to win the game and I think they ended up winning but the main thing was like Aaliyah didn't take the shot like she passed it to someone else and we were all like no you take that shot like that's your shot um and so I just think that like Maybe she's being too nice. Maybe they she just needs more experience. I, you know, I don't doubt that like eventually she'll be the kind of player that will just that's her shot and she'll take it. Um, but I do think the fever's like main thing right now is just lack of experience because they're all so young and they all just like don't. And college basketball is so different than W basketball that like, you know, you gotta think about that and give them time to transition. And I don't think what the fever is doing this season is bad. Like I do think the publicity is like good. And I do think that they're developing on track for like their roster. Um, I just think people were expecting them to like immediately be a playoff team. And I'm like, "Mm, give them a little bit of more time. 
Um, yeah. And then, I mean, like, the storm. I, the thing with the storm that is getting me this season is that, like, Jewel Lloyd has the potential to be an MVP, but obviously she's not going to be an MVP because the storm are in last place, <laughs> um, which just sucks because I love Jewel Lloyd and I think that she's playing some of the best basketball of her life right now, but it's just unfortunate to like see that situation from her. And like also the fact that she's like cored this season and couldn't really do anything about it. So, I mean, I'm starting a little bit more every day. I start to believe that this is probably the end of her Seattle tenure, but we'll see what happens after the season. And see, I, I would push against that. Oh, interesting. I would push against that only because we're seeing, I think Jules loving being a leader. And mm. personally, I like, this has been a whole thing. I've gotten in like hour long arguments with Rachel about this. Like <laughs> I don't shame the Seattle storm for how they handled and how they lost Stewie and kept Jewel because yeah. it almost felt like Stewie was probably going to leave anyway. Like mm-hmm. if you core Stewie, that doesn't matter. She's going to demand a trade and you're going to have to get rid of her. Yeah. Um, but giving the team and making that commitment to Jewel and saying, this is your team. You're the leader. I think challenging her in that way mm. to Brit. I personally, I think, the Storm don't want to be that good this year. They don't yeah. want Jewel to win MVP. That would be great, but like they would have to be a top, a higher seeded team, and they're not going to be. They, you know what I mean? So like, I just think a lot of opportunity to kind of lay the groundwork for the next stage of this Seattle Storm team. That that's mm-hmm. just my take on this. Yeah. Um, sorry, you're. No, and I think the reality is with the Storm and the Phoenix Mercury is that in the next couple of years, they're going to get a superstar, and that's going to change the trajectory of both of these franchises. And I think I'm not going to say tanking because I – that whole conversation, it's annoying. People get mad, Chelsea. People get mad. I'm not going to say tanking. They're not tanking, but I do think – just based on what and it's just like a natural flow you know you have sue bird and diana tarasi at the end of their careers and you have brianna stewart leaving the storm it's just kind of a natural trajectory for them to like be in that low and then like come right back up and you think about like where the storm were like 10 years ago and then they got jewel lloyd and brianna stewart and kind of boosted themselves back up and that's just kind of the ebb and flow of like teams and the way that the draft works and so i don't know and i do think that they've they've done a great job of constructing their roster this year to like give some young people good chances. And you're seeing them like flourish. Like Jordan Horston is playing amazing. Um, and the, the rest of the young storm team is playing great. And you have Kia nurse who's coming back. I'm always going to mention Kia nurse. Um, <laughs> you have Kia nurse who's coming back. And I think like progressing well in her like recovery and coming back to the court. And, you know, you're right. I think if anything, Jewel's probably really enjoying this, like, time to like finally have a team that's like hers and um we'll see where it leads them but it is sometimes you know it's tough to watch these games where they're so close and then and then they just don't get it but yeah you know it, it happens it happens it, it happens, it happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well as we like to finish off our episodes we're gonna do a little pick them nice. um one's easy mm-hmm. one's a little tough okay all right, so who you got? Storm at Mystics. Okay, Storm Who's at it? Mystics. Uh, Mystics. So I'm going. So I'm going Storm. Okay. Now, I probably should immediately take that back when I just remembered that Jules probably out for it. Mm. That said, I'm. I refuse to back down. Um, never give up. Never surrender. I'm just gonna stick with Storm, even though without Jules, I don't see it. Uh, the reason I was going with this is because EDD's hurt. You know, mm-hmm. Cloud and um and 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 Shakira hurt just mm-hmm. I think 
there's a possibility in the storm eventually. Like, I love their grit. Uh, then the easiest one, Aces Mercury. We're aces. both going Aces. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? Um, <laughs> well, I like to finish each episode by asking Rachel or whoever my co-host is of the day, who's your goat? Oh, all-time goat? All-time goat. Candace Parker. <laughs>